NKU. My name is Sarah. My name is Trinity. My name is Caroline. We are all history students here at NKU, and we got tired of reading textbooks and decided to branch out and discover more of history for ourselves. We then wanted to have a fun place where we get together and satisfy our sweet tooth while unpacking our thoughts about the titles we choose. While this podcast is meant to be lighthearted, this is still a history podcast. The books we read may bring up sensitive and disturbing content that may be hard to digest, but is important to acknowledge as the real side of history. We hope that by listening to this, you get as excited about history as we do. So today for our podcast, we read The Witches, Suspicion, Betrayal, and Hysteria in 1692 Salem. It is by Stacey Schiff. She's a really good author. If you guys have never read anything by her, check her out. Um, She wrote another book called Cleopatra that I read, and it was really, really good. And for food, we are eating chocolate chip cookies and Oreo cupcakes. And so first I want to say that this book was pretty long, and it's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of people that have the same names. There's just a lot going on. There's different towns, a lot of historical context. So I think we need to start off talking about kind of what happened to create this environment. So I thought it was really interesting that she talks about how um, Samuel Paris, who was the minister at the time when all of this starts, wasn't actually a minister. He was not educated as a minister. And a lot of the people in the town aren't actually educated for their roles. And I thought that was kind of funny. Like she said that there was no doctors, there was no lawyers. And the guy who was the doctor and who does a lot of the physical examinations later on wasn't like he was the doctor because he had the most medical books. Yeah. You know, like six or or seven. Yeah. I really like too that um, Schiff goes into detail about like how medieval their medical practices were. Like it was, it's so medieval not to that calling them medical practices isn't accurate just because like they believed in like um, using frog bellies and like, you know, a newt's eye or whatever, like all that kind of stuff. And like, with the lawyer, too, I think um, at one point in the trial, um, Thomas Newton was the only tr- formally trained lawyer. Um, everybody else was just kind of like enlisted on because um, if they were well connected, wealthy and, you know, people already at the top trusted them. Um, and, you know, it's also, too, within the confines of the patriarchal system at Salem, too. Yeah, I thought it was really Ironic, too, how she talked about the clergy and the townspeople, you know, that there was kind of this like underlying rule and like you really didn't talk about it, but like you worked for each other. You know, it was like the townspeople worked for whoever was their minister um, and like had to get their firewood and had to do all these things and like work their land. Um, And there was a lot of issues with like payment and different things. And there was, you know, almost this debate between them that like, you know, do you work for us or do we work for you? Exactly. And the clergy always like was kind of coming and going. And so like Samuel Paris had had issues and they had had issues with George Burroughs and other people in the past, you know, and that's why they would leave. Mm -hmm. And so Samuel Paris was already kind of unhappy before all of this started. And then it all kind of started in his house. So 
Irony. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. And I think it's important to note, and Schiff talks about this a lot in the book, that the belief in witchcraft and in the supernatural was very strong. You know, I think it's easy for us to look at this today from a modern standpoint and be like, how could this happen? Here's the thing too, like we have the advantage, not only because we are in the modern day and we're like, yeah, like um, we have a better legal system now where we have all of these different rules in play to make sure that the victims, the people who are accused also have their rights respected. And so that they have um, a better chance in court to appeal their own case. But like, we have all of the pieces, like we can look at everybody's diaries and kind of corroborate events. And, you know, we have that outsider experience be like, yeah, um, you know, this person did this because we've read in their diary that they thought these things. And that's why, you know, they had that's why they were so involved in the event and stuff like that. Yeah, we have like um, a modern context. They're like, I guess, a modern lens that we're looking through to uh, look at all this historical context and what you know, few like records and things that we have of the the trials themselves. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because like we we aren't the people themselves in Salem, you know, like we aren't Puritans who believe that there are devils walking the earth and who are among us. And, you know, we also have the modern like advantage of being like, yeah, well, we can think about philosophy from so many different angles because we have the internet and we have better schooling nowadays to be like, well, Eastern philosophy says this and Western philosophy says this. Um, And we also have the independence too to be like, we can choose these things. We have the freedom to get our hands on all of this knowledge that we um, can get to to like decide for herself what we believe. But it's like for these people, like they live in Salem and all they have are each other in the Bible. Yeah. You know, literally, <laughs> literally that was yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, these things happen and it's like, they're, they're confusing and they're scary. So, and you know, their souls are on the line. So to protect their souls, they have to do what's they kind of have to, and what Stacey Schiff even mentions in the book too, it's like they have to start accusing other people so that the point, the fingers don't get right, pointed don't get to right. themselves. Yeah. Well, I think that like you said that the soul aspect is huge because to them, it's not important like what's happening in the real world. Like it's important how this affects like their eternal life. You know, like throughout the book, we see with all these people who are accused or who are doing the accusing, it's like, you know, their souls are on the line Mm -hmm. and it's important for them. You know, they tell them like, oh, well, you need to confess and you need to do this because that is what's important. You know, like even if you're a witch and people are going to look down on you, God is going to reward you for being honest, you know, and like you can still be saved kind of thing to where if you don't. Then, like, not only are you, you know, possibly going to be executed, but you're going to spend eternity in hell with the devil. And, like, if you continue to push back against the accusations against yourself being a witch, it's kind of like, like, it even turns out that some of the justices, the people, Stoughton, I think, is like, well, um, you're pushing back so hard. Do you even believe that witches exist? And if you say that, no, witches don't exist, it's kind of like... 
uh, well, how do you explain everything that's going on? You know, like some passages go into people who are accused slowly beginning to convince themselves as they um, defend themselves in court. Like, oh, I don't think I did. I don't think I was at the sacrament. I don't think I wrote my name in the black book. Um, And then, but maybe I did, you know? I feel like it's a very easy hole to dig very deeply very quickly (laughs) yeah and it's like if you say something like that goes with oh i'm not a witch then they'll like quiz you and everything like that and they're like but are you sure and then if you say something that leans closer to like oh maybe i am a witch i think it was hawthorne's um style too where he would his very first question um, kind of implies to the accused that they already know that they're a witch. You yeah. know, well, like he'd be like, "Why are you afflicting these girls?" Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I'm not. Why are you making assumptions? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, from the get go. Well, and that's a big thing I think that Shift talks about throughout the entire book is like, can you be a witch and not know it? Yeah, you know, it was also really cool looking at like the different like logic that some people go into, like, how can you say you're not, you know, that you're not a witch when you don't know what a witch looks like or like how a witch conduct, like casts her spells or whatever. Yeah. You know, when I think like they changed it, like at first they were like, no, you can't be a witch and not know it. And then later on, they're like, oh, you can, but it's so rare. And like, we don't think that that's what's going on here, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, what was the, I'm trying to remember, was it Mary Lacey Jr. who she said her mom made her a witch and like, she didn't even know it, you know? And like, cause Ann Foster was the grandma and she was in jail and then her and her mom were arrested and Yeah, she's like gives this whole confession about how they did, you know, the devil's baptism and all of these things and how her mom like gave her up to this life and like made her a witch. And like she didn't even know at first. It's like an innocent bystander type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I didn't know that this was happening, but I guess it happened. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think like Trinity said, it's, you know, it becomes this, it's so confusing because it's like, well, maybe I did. Well, what if I did and I just don't remember? Exactly. You know, and the, yeah, you like know. your soul, like we said, is on the line. So it's like, well, maybe I should just be like, okay, maybe I did. I'm so sorry, you know, and try and fix the situation. So you have all these people who think these horrible things are going on. I mean, even people who were like, well, I didn't do it, but they're like, well, do you think the girls are afflicted? Well, yes, mm-hmm. something's yeah. going on. Yeah, because, like, yeah, that's exactly, too, like, placing myself in some of these people's shoes, like, especially for the cues. It's like, um, okay, you have to believe at a certain point with all the hysterics going on that this is a thing that exists. But as far as yourself being a witch, how much do you want to believe in that? Like, and, you know, like, you're being relentlessly interrogated on the spot. So you kind of have to form your own opinion about it on the spot with the contingency being um you're you're gonna die (laughs) if you admit that you are a witch you know and like also too how can you um buff up your case where you can actually avoid death you know like especially like um in mary lacy jr's um thing too it's like she was just building and building on it because tituba 
taught her and showed her that she can be saved if she just buys into the story and says, yeah, I'm a witch, um, but I was innocent. Like I was forced throughout the entire way um, to carry out all of these sinister spells. (laughs) Right. Well, I think it's really crazy too, because we're talking about a time, you know, like you said, it was literally just like people in the Bible, like they're in the middle of nowhere. You know, you're in this new world She talks a lot throughout the book of, you know, all of these people, not all of them, but a lot of them have experienced Indian attacks and all of these things. So you, you know, from a modern standpoint, it's like hard to imagine, but you're in this house all by yourself. It's dark, like essentially in the middle of nowhere. Yes. You know, at Mm -hmm. any moment, you know, Indians could attack. I hate using that word, but you know, like all these things can happen. And it's like, so maybe you do see a shadow in the dark or maybe you do think you hear something or you have a bad dream about your neighbor who made you mad or whatever. And it's so like, I feel like she does a good job throughout the book of making it easy to start to realize why some of these people are like, well, maybe Sarah Osborne is bewitching me. I I had this dream about her and I felt this weird feeling and I like, you know, and I'm scared. And, and we read the Bible all the time that I'm sure I don't know exactly what version they read, but it's very mm-hmm. well. And even like the ministers, you know, she talks about in the book, it's a lot more of like damnation and, you know, your soul and you need to do this and you need to live this type of lifestyle. And like, you know, you need to walk this fine line of piety and purity and all of these different things. So it's easy to see where people could start to think that someone is doing something to them. Exactly. Yeah. It's like their entire lives are like you said earlier it pretty much builds up to eternity kind of like do you do everything on earth to earn a good eternal life or otherwise you're you know gonna be damned and all this they were fasting too like they would do citywide fasting yeah um to like shoo out the devil in some way. And I think I also wanted to bring up too that like even the people who had superstitions and did superstitious practices to kind of, um, I think uh, the witch cake who had done that again. Mary Sibley. Mary Sibley, that's right. the witch cake. Um, Yeah, and it's like she didn't even really know what it was supposed, like to what end was that supposed to be? Like, is it to... Um, break the spell? Is it to find out who the witch was to that bewitched them? And even like the bewitching versus possession too, like they sometimes fluctuated in the distinction between what it was to be possessed or bewitched. But I think at one point too, it was like, yeah, if you are possessed, like your soul is gone. You don't have it in your body anymore. It's in the hands of the devil now. And um you don't you no longer have the freedom to carry out things like the way that you want to you can't follow the word of god anymore to get yourself into heaven yeah i think um the smallest little detail um like you said the like the definition of what a witch is the smallest little detail i feel like could could change the view of exactly what a witch was to them. Yeah. And so any little piece of evidence that they found, they were like, oh, well, now we have to, like, look through this lens and be like, okay, so this is what a witch is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And also, too, um, the invasive examinations that they were carrying out on um, the witches. I thought that was kind of crazy. Like, people were sticking needles into their bodies. Yeah. And it's kind of like, and they're also looking for witches' teats, too. And I have read about that before. And they would stick the pins in to, like, if you had, like, a mole or a beauty mark or a birthmark because they wanted to see how it reacted. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember who it was. I, I want to say it was... One of them has like a devil's mark, right? Yeah. Well, there was a few of them where they found devil's marks, but it was one of the women. And I, I cannot remember who it was. Just, I, but they talked about how um, down in like their, you know, private region, they found. Yeah. Was it a mark? Nurse? Rebecca I, Nurse? Rebecca yeah. Nurse. I think it might have been. And I think there was a couple of them. But then like when they went back to examine them again, they were gone. And they took that as evidence that... You know, oh, they are definitely, you know, consorting with the devil and stuff. But like someone in the book even says that they talk about how like, no, that was from her having like a a hard childbirth. Like she, I mean, these women have given birth to numerous numerous children. (laughs) And like as someone who has given birth to two children, like I can, like, I mean, things happen, you know, that's not what the podcast is about, (laughs) but like things tear, the body changes, things happen, like. They're carrying a whole other different life, like inside. Yeah, you. well, like, and we're things. also talking about like the past. Like there was not, like you said, modern medicine. So these women are having all of these children, and if they survive childbirth, I mean, on the occasion that they do tear or they have excessive bleeding, are these like are certain things that are normal in childbirth happen? They don't have the medicine we have to fix it. So like I, I think it's very strange. That to them, having marks or certain things in a genital region is like so taboo, you know, like that, that, that they take that as witchcraft because it's like that. I mean, now I guess it makes sense because it was probably the men. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so yeah. like I don't think I they had women examining the women. I forget. I think that she says in the book who it was. I want to say it was one of the Sewells. Um was he the doctor? I can't remember. But yeah. So I'm just like that. I don't know. That part made me kind of angry. I was like, I can understand. I think they were just making up witchcraft like rules on the spot. Like, you know, like um, the midwives, they get called in to do um, invasive examinations on the witches. And it's kind of like you look at their body and they're just like, what what exactly am I looking at? You know, like. These are the midwives that have the same body type, too. And what if they see something like a mark that they also have because they have also given multiple childbirth yeah, yeah. births, too, you know, like. <laughs> well, and I think like you said, kind of like making things up as we go along, like I think we see a lot of that yes. throughout this book, you know, and like Stacy Schiff does a really good job of kind of talking about that because there's so many times where it's like, oh, well. We can't, you know, prove this, but we, you know, remember that time that you cursed your neighbor <laughs> yeah. and then the neighbor got sick and had a headache or like whatever it was. You that know? was that was something that um, I think it was Sarah Good. Sarah Good. That they yeah. were like, here's all this evidence because, you know, she stayed at this one person's house and then their cow died or something yeah. like that. Well, and yeah, and one of the reasonings, too, was just, like, Sarah Good mutters too much, and I don't like it. So right. I think I'm just going to accuse her because yeah. she just has like, a She just seems kind of witchy. Yeah. So it's so crazy. <laughs> and I, I thought it was really interesting towards the end of the book 
um, Schiff mentions that over half of the women who were accused had been accused before. Yep. Yeah. So, just once, except Rebecca Nurse. Yeah. And that's why they fought so hard for her. Not yes. only because she didn't have any prior accusations, her family was rich and they had the influence to fight. And also, I think it was her father or grandfather or some other man who was related to her that was really that had the training to be able to constantly appeal like, OK, please yeah. pardon Rebecca Nurse. But it got um, well, yeah, overturned they, anyways. Yeah, because they did pardon her. Um, and then it was like, nope, no, just kidding. Yeah. And then they like took it back. And then she ended up hanging, you know, with other people. But yeah, I just think the evidence and like she talks a lot about spectral evidence. Yep. You know, that's like a huge debate in the book between a lot of these people. Cause it's like, you have all these girls and women who in the middle of trials, you know, or who are making these accusations of like, well, I seen your spectral spirit or ghosts or whatever, you know, they're up there on the banister and they're looking at me or they're flying around the room or they visited me in my bedroom or men who are making the accusations of, you know, well, she came and sat on my chest in the middle of the night while I slept and like, you know, but there's no way to prove that. There's no way to prove or disprove. So they're like, I guess. Well, and some people, like we talked about earlier, like Cotton Mather and certain people are kind of like, we should not just go solely based on spectral evidence. Mm-hmm. But then on the same token, Cotton Mather and these people are like, well, we need to make sure we root out these witches and we need to make sure that we're severe and we're quick about figuring this stuff out and everything. So it's mm-hmm. like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, with the spectral evidence, too, I I liked that she brought up, like, she directly compared and contrasted, like, um, when women were accusing other women of being a witch, it's, um, you know, like, bodily bruises and bite marks and pinching. But when men did it, it was like they were coming to me late at night, too. And I think um, Increase Mather had, like, railed against it the most because he because he was so Puritan about it, he couldn't um, take any evidence, like take any inklings about, you know, women seducing men. Like he, he wanted to quash that so hard because he didn't want to even consider that part. Well, because it's a sexual, you know, it's like, oh, she came to me in the middle of the night. But it's like, when we're talking about witchcraft, why is that, why would Increase Mather have that be off limits in particular? You know, like when we're talking about evil, that's also part of the dark side taboo thing that juxtaposes Puritanism, you know, like why, why aren't we talking about it? (laughs) Well, I think like you said, it just comes down to the fact that he did not want to highlight anything of any sexual nature, you know? So that was just something that he's like, we're going to stay away from that because you don't even want to have people like have those thoughts, you know, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I also liked too that um, the girls or the bewitched they have be they they had become so hysterical that just the slightest movement of the witches would send them into fit. So like they yes. would um, Hawthorne would have them be like, okay, you have to look at me. Don't look at the don't turn your head over to the girls and don't make eye contact with them or don't make motions with your hands that might be casting a spell yeah. to cause them harm. So it's like in that sense, well, if it if it takes just a look from a witch to cause someone harm, why hasn't any of the justices um, been sent into fits? Yes. Right. 
Yeah. And I think she mentions that in the book. Yeah. You know, it's like people kind of, they don't voice it until afterwards, because if you raise suspicions, then a lot of times the finger was turned around and you were accused afterwards. Mm -hmm. But it's like people, some people seemed like they knew. It's like, yeah, well, then why aren't other people being affected? Why 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 is it everyone? Right. Only exactly. That's all it takes. But like, well, it doesn't even have to be everyone. It just has to be the people in power who are going to jail and execute you. The wealthy white men. And like also too, yeah, true. (laughs) But also too, like um, with Hawthorne, it's like if he wanted to buy into the whole witches are real, bewitching um, sends you into hysteria, um, would that put him on, on the same like lower caste as the bewitched? Like, would he be forfeiting his authority on the matter if he started to play act as the bewitched have um, to implicate the accused? Right. When I think, like, talking about, you know, what you were saying with them giving glances and this kind of thing, like the touch test. I thought was so (laughs) awful. So bad. Oh, I was just like... You know, because they would have the accused come and touch the girls, and then the girls would instantly stop. Stop, yeah. And that meant that they were a witch. But then I think she says later on in the book that other people brought up the point that it's like, well, sometimes that could also mean that they're not a witch because they're, like, calming them. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, if you were a witch and you were trying your hardest to torture these girls... Mm-hmm. Why would your touch and like it's not like um, they're super restrained? Where like you know they can only reach out with their hand to do things. And if if it took hand gestures to cast spells, why didn't they do that um, to like kill them? You know, right. and like to quell the the hysteria that they're going in. Why didn't they try harder? To get themselves outside of the situation, if they had the potential to kill with the devil on their side. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, if you're really a witch, you're not going to stay in jail. Right. No. <laughs> it, it might you can be, shape shift into a cat. And it's, cat exactly. It's probably not going to be bars. too difficult. Thank you for joining us for this part of the series. Tune in next time for our next installment. <laughs>